Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. Nick Bradley here. Welcome to 15 Minutes to Action. Another week. Here I am. Um, I've been doing these ones for a while now, and I'm still getting great feedback from everybody that they like the no-fluff, the no-BS, shorter-form episodes. So if you are getting value from these, then please let me know. What's really cool is that I'm starting now to get people coming to me through LinkedIn, through Instagram, all those various channels, and also now on Clubhouse because I'm spending quite a lot of time on Clubhouse. And I am getting people suggesting what they would like me to cover. So today I'm going to take one of those selections and I'm going to give some practical advice and insights on that. Okay, before I get into that, I just want to also just let you know that I I read all the reviews, (laughs) I read all of the feedback, and I try and adjust what I'm doing to that. And I got some feedback this week, which was really, really constructive. Um, It was one of the reviews actually on iTunes. And it said, you know, it was a five-star review. So firstly, thank you very much for that. The second thing it said was, you know, perhaps my content is slanting more towards people who are trying to sell their business at some point in the future, as opposed to just general scale-up. And you know what, it's a really good bit of feedback because I, my background is effectively buying, scaling, and selling businesses. And my, I suppose my mindset is about, you know, you create value when you sell um, you can create, you know, this thing called a liquidity event or a capital event, and that's where you get a, a, obviously a large sum of money. Uh, but I do appreciate that that's not for everyone, and a lot of the stuff that I talk about might just be about people building businesses that they can keep, you know, for some time. It generates income. So I just want to say one thing, just for everybody who may have that thought, and and that is that when I talk about, you know, the six peaks of value creation, the things that make a good business great, all that. They're applicable regardless of whether you have the intention at some point to sell your business. So I just wanted to make that point that even though I might talk about the exit because a lot of people are interested in that, don't think that any of the content that I'm putting out there in terms of how you should think about your business, the value proposition, sales and marketing, how you hire people, systems, processes, all the stuff I talk about, don't think that it's not relevant for businesses that are you know, going to be kept for some time and, and the intention is never to sell them. So I just wanted to make that point and just to acknowledge again that I, that I look at everything that comes in. All righty, 15 minutes to action. So this is a shout out to Neil Gabby. Now, Neil contacted me in or on, I should say, LinkedIn, sent me a message saying how much he'd enjoyed the podcast over the last 12 months, how it had helped him with what he was trying to do within his business. Um, Really super long note, actually, and um, very grateful to get that. But he said, listen, Nick, I'd love to hear your thoughts in an episode on, as he called it, building a culture of thrift or enhanced financial performance awareness within a small organization, a small business. He, he went on to say that in my own experience, getting employees to have a business ownership mindset and considering the financial implications of their work is just so crucial in a small to medium enterprise, but obviously not easy to get buy-in. So let's talk about that. I like this idea of 
you know, culture of thrift or enhanced financial performance awareness. So that will probably end up being the, the title once I decide for this episode. But let me get into it because I'm going to give you a few minutes on this because I think it's important. It's very hard as a business owner, first and foremost, to expect that your employees are going to have exactly the same mindset as you, right? As much as I do agree that having a business ownership mindset is, is awesome, right? If you can have your employees thinking that, then that is absolutely great. But a lot of people aren't there. And you've got to think about it like this. A lot of them still, regardless of whether you want it to be different, a lot of them still see it as a job. You know, they have an income. They don't take on the risk that you take on as an entrepreneur, but they also don't necessarily, and I say necessarily for a reason I'll explain in a minute, get the upside. They don't have the ability you know, to create a significant amount of wealth that you can create because you've taken that risk. Now, of course, in some larger businesses and corporates, you know, you can get employees that are on incredible bonuses, become millionaires. It happens a lot in the consultancy services areas. But again, this is an episode focused on smaller organizations. So you've got to you've got to start to put some things in place which allow or foster that culture so that you can kind of get people as aligned as possible to where you're at. Now, I, again, my big caveat here is they're never going to be exactly where you are, okay, unless they have some form of ownership. And the only time I've ever seen that work is where you have profit shares or you have some sort of equity provision to your senior staff. And then, of course, because they have some ownership, it absolutely works. And I'll give you an example. Even in big businesses, so in the UK, there's um, the John Lewis Partnership, and and they own um, subsidiary areas like there's another part of the group called Waitrose, which is a big supermarket chain, premium end. They they have a whole structure where everyone who is employed is actually a partner. But even in that big organization, it works okay, but not obviously to exactly kind of the point that Neil has made in his note to me. Okay, so what can you do about it? Well, the, the first thing is a lot of people, when they join a small business, they are joining it, or they should be joining it because they buy into what you're trying to achieve. So one of the things I always look for when I acquire a business or I go and work with someone is I always look at the culture, I look at the people, and I go, how many people are really here because they believe in what's going on, as well as the fact that they're getting paid? And one of the one of the quickest tests is see how many people walk out the door, particularly, you know, when we used to have lots of people in, in, in building blocks and offices, how many people walk out the door exactly when their, their time allocation of their day has finished? Uh, you know, I've been involved in businesses where like literally you could set up a time-lapse camera at 5 p.m. and watch people just running out the door. And th- that sort of says to me, well, what were they doing at, you know, 4.45 or 4.30? Was their mind really in the business? So the first thing is you you as the leader have to have a really, really strong vision. You need to communicate that vision. And when you communicate that vision, you need to also explain what is in it for your team. Okay, what's in it for them? And that could be recognition. It could be extra development training. Uh, it could be the fact that you're on a big mission. You're going to make a huge impact in the world and people are bought into that. Obviously, it's about reward, about incentives, different ways you can do it. But to change that, that, as you said, that business ownership mindset, you've got to have those things in place. And that really starts to understand your, your cultural values and what you stand for. So I would never call it a culture of thrift. What I would do is, is make people more understandable of what you're going through. So the second point I'm going to make is, you know, 
be very open, honest, and vulnerable as well. So in a small business, if things are going well, you should share that. If things aren't going well, you should share that as well. I, I got a lot of challenge in my private equity days because I would have these effectively town hall meetings in some of the medium-sized businesses that I would run. And I would show them the performance every quarter. If we didn't hit our targets, I would explain that. I would say why. And some people, oh, you can't say that. You know, People are going to leave. They're going to be scared. They're going to leave. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, so be it right? You know, I prefer to be transparent and upfront and honest about where we are because A, the people that I want to be here, the people who are going to come into this idea of being really part of this organization and where we're going, they're going to they're gonna step up. I'm going to see them. And that's really important. But a lot of business owners are afraid of being that transparent. So my suggestion is it doesn't feel comfortable, but once you start doing it, you'll build a level of trust with your people that is um, so much more powerful, particularly over the medium and longer term, okay? So there's a couple of different things around it. The other, the other sort of piece that comes to mind when I think about this is you've got to, as you, as you start to scale, remember the definition of scale up is, is building teams and it's about leadership ultimately. And you've got to have some very, very clear practices of how you hire. And one of the things I love to do is I like to hire based on um, attitude and aptitude. Um, obviously, skill set is important, but I would never just hire someone who's brilliant at one thing who doesn't fit the culture that I'm creating. And one of the ways you can do that is, let's say you, you advertise a job, you put it out there, you get two, 300 people apply. You know, that's quite common. It doesn't really matter these days. There's a lot of people out there looking for work. Um, you, one of the things that I like to do is I like to get people to do a two-minute video. And I have my team run this for me. So that I get everyone who applies for a job to do a two-minute video, really just answering a couple of questions. And that can be something like about why do you want the job? Why do you want to be here? What is it about you that's going to make you stand out versus everyone else? And I'm not really looking too much for the answer. I am interested in what they say. I'm interested in if people actually do it, right? So it's a stage gate. A lot of people don't. So two to 300 people may have initially applied for a job I've put out there, say on LinkedIn, but you know, you'll cut out half straight away by just asking them to do a video. And partly that's about, oh, you know, am I confident enough to do a video? But actually, it's more about just someone's desire to come and work for you. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I, I took something from Tony Robbins a few years ago called a DISC profile. It's actually available on his website. I think it's tonyrobbins.com or something like that. We can put it into the show notes. And that's just a very simple test, again, looking at someone's behavioral intent and how they like to do things. And that's important because if you've got a really clearly defined culture, you want people to come in and complement that culture, not necessarily be detracting from it in any way. And then often, once you've done those two things, you can get down to a much more manageable shortlist and you've already started to, to move forward. So that's, that's one way to think about it because you're starting to bring people in who understand that culture and the awareness of what you're doing. So, so that will help, again, align with what you're trying to achieve. And if they're aligned with what you're trying to achieve, in my experience that just creates a whole level of awareness and therefore, not as I said, they're not necessarily always in the business ownership perspective, but they are certainly getting closer to what the ambition is, okay? Now, the last bit that I'll say, and this is, this is an interesting one. In a lot of my businesses, in fact, I would say probably most of them actually, we don't really have a traditional employee model. Okay, now I, I totally get that this doesn't work as businesses start to get up to, to larger, larger enterprises and corporates, but small to medium, you can still do this to some extent. So what I tend to do is I have 
people who want to be part of what we're doing. So it's exactly what I said about the mission. I want them to buy into what the bigger purpose is of, of sort of scale up your business or any of the other things I've got going. And I want them to understand that they're here to support that mission. They're here to deliver a result. And if they can do that effectively, they are going to get rewarded in some way that's going to be, you know, really empowering for them. So a lot of the people I bring in either come in firstly with a project. So they have to deliver a project. So it's got a very clear timeline, a very clear outcome and a very clear cost envelope. And the second thing that I do is I have either that or I have associates that are coming in that are effectively not full-time employees, but they are remunerated based again on the impact and the result. So again, if you've got you know lots of people in your organization who don't really care about the financials, I can guarantee that if they're paid by performance in whatever way, then they're going to be massively engaged by how everything is working, whether that be driving revenue or being more efficient and effective. And I like that model overall because what I found, and this is not for everybody, but what I have found is that sometimes when you employ people and you haven't gone through a more rigorous process of selection, once they get a job, they tend to relax. They think, oh, you know, I've got my holiday pay. I've got, you know, benefits of whatever they are. You know, I'm paid effectively by being here from nine to five, five days a week. It just becomes a little bit lax. Now, again, if you get the right people who, who share your values, your mission, everything I said beforehand, that kind of goes away and you see people that just don't even clock watch or care about it. But the risk is there sometimes that employment can be a crutch for people who don't quite have a growth mindset. And therefore, if you've got too many people like that in your business, absolutely, is it going to be inefficient? And most definitely, are you going to see people who aren't really buying into, as you said, this business ownership or this idea that I'm part of something bigger? So it's really important. I mean, it's a great question, Neil. So thank you for asking it. I hope I have not butchered the response too much. As you said, you know, I'm sure you've got some practical insights. I think I've got quite a few things I've provided here for you today. Like anything, this is Neil's question, but it's actually for everybody who's got a small to medium business and is really starting to think about how they can get, I think, more intentional with the people that they build around them, the culture that they build around them. And around all of that becomes this, this idea of awareness. Okay, so that's it. I'm going to leave you with one last thought, which actually is just something I said earlier in this episode. Always, always, always remember to think or ask the question, what is in it for them? Okay, you know what it is for you because you've taken the risk and you want to create something. You probably want to create wealth, freedom, impact, whatever that is. You know what it is for you. But what's in it for them? What's going to get someone to really buy in and share that with you in whatever way? And if you can think about that all the way through, every time you're communicating, every time that you are hiring someone, you're starting a new initiative, whatever it is, you know, you're standing up and delivering that speech, have that in the back of your mind. And if you can get really close to that, then that's going to serve you very well in terms of, you know, creating this more entrenched ownership mindset. All righty, that's it. 15 minutes to action. Hope that helps everybody. As always, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now. And there you have it, another episode of Scale Up Your Business. Thank you very much for listening. And if you haven't yet, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help the show become even better. And while you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button to help you on your scale up journey. 
Now, perhaps you're thinking of growing and scaling your business. Perhaps now is the time. If that's you, then please check out suyb.global. That's where we have all of our programs, including the Growth Accelerator Partnership, the Maximize Value Partnership, all of our services, and of course, coaching and mentoring. Once again, be grateful, be brave, have faith, and show up. Until next time.